Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Avlast. As soon as Dan Raphael entered the media room, the first thing I said, it's not a Las Vegas fight week unless you're here. Uh, yeah, it was looking for you yesterday, but uh, you arrived. Um, nothing like a Las Vegas fight week. Hey, listen, I'm just uh, probably a couple hours off the airplane. Nice, uh, very early morning flight cross country. I've done that a zillion times. Uh, and like you said, it's a big fight week. I always feel at home when I come back to the MGM. You walk in the front door, they got the ring set up with the lion in there and then the signage of the fight. and. You know, you just if you look in the gift shop, you see the shirts and the hats and all the junk they got for sale, all that good stuff. Uh, and you're ready for a big fight. And by the way, it's not just you know just any old big fight, so to speak. It's not just any old Canelo fight. It's the rivalry fight. It's it's a third fight of him and Golovkin. I mean, uh, it may not be what it was a few years ago, but it's still a great matchup and a highly anticipated fight. And if anybody says they absolutely know what's going to happen, they're lying because they don't. Well, I was actually going to come on to that. I've seen a lot of experts, top people in the sport, big names, backing Canelo com- very confidently and some even predicting him to stop Gennady. I've never seen Gennady hurt in a professional ring. So have you been surprised by the amount of people fully backing Canelo, especially after what happened in May with Bivol? I'm not in any way surprised that people would pick Canelo. I mean, it's, it makes sense. He's a lot younger. He's in, in his more natural weight division. He's got great power. He's uh, got an official victory against Triple G already, whatever you think of that win. But to say they're going to see a fight in which he just rolls over Gennady Golovkin, I just don't buy that. This is a man that's had uh, you know, as much experience as anybody in the business. But more importantly, he's still really good. He's still in good shape. He's still in a good frame of mind. He's coming off of a significant victory out, you know, in the other guy's hometown. Now, I think a lot of folks might say two things why they would put a knock against a Triple G going into this fight. One is he's 40 now. Okay, that's fair. But he, I think he's a well-preserved 40. And it's not like we haven't seen other all-time greats in their 40s do very well. It, not a lot, but the special ones have done it, whether it's Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. Uh, you know, George Foreman as a heavyweight, that's a little bit different, even though Vander Holyfield in his 40s. Uh, certainly uh, Floyd Mayweather, um, you know, Bernard Hopkins. Uh, but Gennady as a Hall of Fame level fighter is you know, on par with those types of names. So that combined with... 
as you said, you've never seen him hurt in a fight. Well, I've never seen him hurt in a fight either of any notable way. He's never been knocked down. certainly never been stopped. He's had 24 rounds with Canelo Alvarez, who's a tremendous fighter, a Hall of Fame fighter, was a pound for pound for a while, uh, a good puncher to the head and the body. He, he hit him a lot, and he never, he never made Gennady waver in their fights. So, again, I'm not saying that Gennady wins the fight, but I just don't, I don't, I don't see an, a, a true scenario where he just gets blown out. I mean, look, the one thing people say is a body shot. That can go either way. Gennady is a good body puncher when he wants to. Obviously, Canelo is a tremendous body puncher. You land that shot the right way, you're going to go. But they both take headshots extremely well. So I'm, I'm looking at a, at a long, probably distance fight now, maybe – Canelo gets down the cards again, but uh, you know, I just don't see a blowout in any way. Okay, um, yeah, his own pay per view in the US and UK, of course. Um, lots of hype around the first and second fights with Canelo and Golovkin. How do you think the hype's been this time round, and uh, how do you expect it to perform on the zone pay per view? Well, first of all, it's the zone pay per view here in America, but is it the zone pay per view in UK also? Yes, it is actually. Uh, it'll be four or five in the morning. Um, and yeah, he's on pay-per-view in the in the in the UK. I wasn't sure about that, uh, but uh, I guess that makes sense. They're looking for every dollar, um, and the the pay-per-view is uh, higher priced than it's been in the past in America. It's eighty-five bucks. Um, now it's less if you have a subscription to the Zone than it's sixty-five bucks, but you get a, a month of the Zone with it. But in terms of the hype associated with the third fight compared to what the hype was for the first two fights, I mean, as much as I'm looking forward to the fight, and I know there's lots of fans that are in the same uh, frame of mind as I am. You know, I'd be lying if I said the hype was the same. It's just not. I mean, there's far less expectations and anticipation for this fight in my mind. Uh, Taking into account the fact that people will say Gennady is 40, that they'll say Canelo made him wait it out, you know, to have the third fight four years after the second fight, as opposed to maybe, you know, within a year or two afterwards. Um, So, you know, it's kind of like movie sequels, right? You get a great big blockbuster movie and it does huge numbers and everybody loves it. The sequel might do really well, but it maybe doesn't perform as well. And then they start going to part three and part four and it's, it becomes a, 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 a thing about diminishing returns. So this is not as big, I don't think, for the general sports fan. Like Canelo won and Gennady in, in the second fight had a, a certain element of mainstream interest in this country because of their rivalry. And by the way, they had waited so long to see the first fight. Not that long. It was like, you know, maybe... 10 months a year after when people really, really wanted to see it. And uh, even back then, people said that Canelo was making Gennady waited out. And now it's, they fought one year later, but it was supposed to be six months later, but it was postponed because of Canelo's uh, clenbuterol test. Um, and now it's been four more years since then. And they've both uh, gone and done different things since then. Gennady hasn't maybe looked great in some of his fights, but he at least has been active recently. I mean, he did just fight uh, Murata around the same time within a few weeks of when uh, uh, Canelo had his loss against Bivol. So, listen, in the performance on pay-per-view, you take into account that it has been a fight that's not as hyped up as the first two. And by the way, I'm not saying it's not been hyped up. It's just not at the same level as one and two. But then you put it on the zone pay-per-view, you know, and I can appreciate their, their situation, and it obviously is a worthwhile pay-per-view fight. The problem is the zone still does not, is not a known brand in this country or it's certainly not yet in the in the in the uh, in the UK. So just off that alone, it could be the greatest fight of all time. But there's still a brand that's growing and building, and it's hard to match that up in the United States compared to like HBO pay per view, which was a, as brand a name as you could get in in boxing. Had done most of the biggest fights that had ever happened, other than you know many of the biggest fights that Showtime had done. But they were the two that did all the big fights and HBO pay per view. You know they built Canelo. 
and, and uh, Gennady one and two on their pay-per-view platform, and they performed extremely well, well over one million buys uh, for both of them. Massive ticket sales, not that that was a, a network thing, but T-Mobile Arena, which is going to host this fight, also hosted the first two fights. First fight did like $27 million American at the gate. Second fight was like 24 and change, if I recall, 24 million and change. Uh, and while this fight will do well too, I'm sure, I don't think it comes close to those numbers. Um, and the thing about it is it, the fight in terms of what the guarantees for the boxers are, and believe me, I don't begrudge any fighter for getting every dollar they can get, but this fight costs way more than the first two fights, and it will generate, I think, in the end, way less. Okay. Dan, uh, I can't quite believe I'm saying this, but, um, yeah, Tyson Fury uh, put an offer to Team Joshua, and they accepted every single term. So December 3rd in Cardiff, a 60-40 split with a rematch clause should Joshua win at 50-50. Uh, just get your reaction to that, and... Uh, also, potentially Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn working together. It's all uh, a bit bizarre, but very good for boxing. I mean, it's great for boxing, obviously. But, uh, you know, I've been down this road many times. We've talked about this yeah. on uh, a variety of fights over the years. And while I'm hopeful and it sure sounds good and everybody's saying the right things and it, uh, it seems on the right path, you know, maybe I've just been around too long. Call me a little bit of a cynic. I'll believe it when I see it. When they sign and we have a press conference and it's announced and all that, then I'll be totally psyched. But uh, obviously it's a good fight. I've heard some people kind of downplay it. Uh, I would say this from a um, the point of view of, the, of strictly the money, it's probably a bigger fight than, than Fury against Usyk. And, and I can't blame Tyson Fury. I mean, look, Tyson goes back and forth. One day he wants to retire. One day he wants to fight. One day he's fighting Derek Chisora. One day he's changing trainers. One day he wants to do Joshua against him, and it has to be for free with nobody can make any money. Now it's like 60-40, and we're going to make a gazillion dollars. So, you know, he's been bouncing off the walls like, you know, uh, you throw a ball against the wall. This week, today, maybe, he's in the mood to, to fight Anthony Joshua. So I'm hopeful that it happens, and obviously it's a big fight. And if again, if he wants to fight by the end of the year and keep a little bit of activity, he's still in his prime as best as I can tell. Why would you want to lay off that long? So he doesn't need the money, but he wants to stay active. He enjoys doing it, which he always talks about how much he loves boxing. He likes the training and all that. He shouldn't have to wait around for Alexander Usyk. If Usyk has got some injuries that he's dealing with or wants to take some time off, that's his prerogative. He just beat uh, Joshua in a very good fight. And if he doesn't want to fight till the early part of next year or in the spring, it shouldn't be something that's going to force Fury to go by his schedule. So if you're not fighting Usyk for the undisputed, you tell me, what's the next biggest fight in the entire sport of, at least in heavyweight boxing? Certainly Joshua against uh, Tyson Fury. It's a massive fight, certainly in Britain. That will, you know, in uh, all of the UK, that will sell out. Cardiff, what is that, 80,000 or so? That he- 80,000, yeah. So Joshua fighting guys not nearly the level of, uh, not nearly the name level or even boxing level of Tyson Fury. What he fought, uh, Joe Parker there in a unification? Yeah, I mean, Joe Parker's a good fighter, but he's not Tyson Fury. And I think what was the other, Carlos Takam. Carlos Takam on two weeks' notice, yeah. yeah. So, again, those fights drew like 76,000, 78,000. This will sell out. It's a massive event. And I hope it happens. And But, again, I'm, I'm not getting ahead of anybody. Show me or tell me, send me a press release that says it's done. Have them go on, and, you know, social media and say that they're good to go. Have Eddie and Frank make statements that we've signed, whatever. Um, and by, by the way, there, there's no reason why Eddie Hearn and, and Frank Warren can't work together when it makes sense for everybody. It's sort of the same thing. In America, we have many, you know, so-called Cold Wars over the years, whether it was, you know, a long time where Don King and uh, top rank, you know, Bob Arum were the most uh, known and powerful promoters, and they very rarely did events together. Then there was a time when it was top rank and Golden Boy. Then it was PBC and basically everybody else. 
But when the fights are right and the money is there and it makes sense for everybody, they get together. And this is a fight that makes sense for everybody, it seems to me. Okay, just picking this back up with Dan Raphael. Do apologise. Uh, yeah, we're mid-interview and uh, someone from DAZN grabbed me and uh, said, you've got to go and interview Gennady Golovkin now. So. <laughs> I thought you had to run out and like take a leak. <laughs> well, the speed I ran at, I mean, it would suggest that. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, got that Golovkin interview done. So I'm back with Dan. Um, yeah, my last question on Fury Joshua, that's what we're talking about. 60-40 split, uh, of course, in favour of the champion Tyson Fury. Do you think that's a fair offer from them? I do think that's a very fair offer. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think at this stage of the game, uh, all due respect to the star power of Anthony Joshua, when you lose two in a row, whatever the circumstances, you're not getting 50% uh, against a guy like Tyson Fury, who is the champion, who's a draw in his own right, maybe not necessarily on his own in terms of the money as big as Joshua has been, but he's an economic force as well. Uh, I thought it was an honest offer from Fury, and I think it was an honest response from Joshua to understand um, that if he wants that opportunity to fight for that title, you're going to have to give a little bit. And uh, the thing I look at also is this. Anthony Joshua has made it more money to take care of generations of Joshua's. Same thing with Fury. So at this stage of their careers, and I'm not begrudging any fighter for making every dollar they can make, believe me. However... They've both made astronomical amounts of money. And at this stage of their careers, the percentage is just a matter of keeping score with the other guy. Like, I'm better because I got the bigger pie. You know what? Sometimes to get what you want, you got to give a little bit. And in, in the case of Joshua, if he really wanted this fight, he was going to not get parity or even the lion's share. And if, if Fury really wanted the opportunity to have a fight against Anthony Joshua, which is obviously a huge fight, there was no way he was going to get him to come for 25 or 30%. So... Yeah, I actually believe that for, for a change in this crazy sport that you had intelligent decisions made on both sides for Joshua to accept the 40% and for Fury to even offer that much in the first place. So I, I'll say this, I, I give both both uh, Fury and Joshua credit for that because I don't think if it was left up to the devices of their teams that they would have necessarily approached it that way. But when the boxers who run their careers, when Fury says, this is what I'm offering, and nobody's going to be able to talk him out of it. And Joshua can take all the advice in the world he wants from people like Eddie Hearn or from you know two you know two five eight Freddie and all and Freddie Cunningham and his crew. At the end of the day, he's his captain and he's going to make his decision. And so he basically said, "No, we'll take the forty, and good for them." Another uh, thing that Eddie and uh, Frank are agreeing on, which is very rare, but it's all happening at once. Uh, both of them have stated the potential of this fight doing two million pay-per-view buys in the UK. Do you think that's an overestimation? I mean, pay-per-view is a tough business now. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. What's the record? Isn't it like a... 1.4, I believe. I'm not, I don't know that for a fact. I think it's either 1.2 or 1.4. That was a Ricky Hatton fight, if I'm not mistaken. No. Or a previous Joshua fight. Jo a Joshua Parker. Two million is a big number. And with all due respect to the people at Zone and BT, they don't have the pay-per-view muscle of Sky. If you told me that Joshua and Fury was on Sky in the UK, I would say, you know, you got a, you got a real chance. BT and DAZN are excellent at what they do, and they're good companies, and they got smart people, and they support boxing, and I appreciate that. I don't know if they have enough of the, of, of the, of the mainstream audience of boxing as well as mainstream to get to that level. DAZN obviously doesn't. They're an upstart still in the UK. That's just a fact. It's not a knock on them. It's just that, you know, you can't go from having never been in a, in a market to now having 
you know, decades of experience in that market until you get the decades of experience. And uh, obviously, BT is a big deal over in the UK, uh, but it's just not, at least from my knowledge, is not as entrenched as Sky is. And so, uh, look, Eddie and Frank are promoters. That's what they do. They, they, they put out hope. They, they try to drum up the interest. That's their job. I don't knock them for saying that. Um, well, yeah, we're sat here talking about it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they can do two million, then everybody's going to get even richer than they would have gotten if they don't. But whatever the number is, the bottom line is it's going to do a huge amount of business. And it's, a, it's obviously a huge fight. And if you're a boxing fan in the, in the U.K. Uh, or even just a sports fan and you know about you know, big heavyweight championship fights, how are you not buying the fight? And it's not like they got to stay up till 4 in the morning like if it's from an, a fight coming from the United States or um, you know, it's a fight right there in their, in their own country. Uh, everybody can watch it live you know, in a normal time. Uh, it'll do big business. I mean, it's, it's a huge event. I, as I've said, I think uh, from a historical point of view, certainly an Usyk fight for the Undisputed is a bigger deal. But from just an event perspective, as far as like just getting everybody up in arms and excited about an event because of the fact that they're both of these two great British uh, heavyweight champions and an ex-champion uh, makes it for a, a really big mega event. And here's the other thing about it. Alexander Usyk is a great fighter. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's fantastic. But he doesn't, his, he, because of his, the, the language barrier and uh, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't really put himself out there. And again, I'm not knocking him for that. That's just who he is. Um, but with the case of Fury, who you can't get to shut up, which is good for a promoter, and Joshua, who's always done uh, you know, a lot of media and has been good with press, uh, and I speak about Fury and Joshua from that point of view, on, you know, from firsthand experience, you get those two guys promoting a fight against each other, it's just you're, you have two guys that bring a ton to the table promotionally, where if it was Fury versus Usyk, it's Fury and, you know, and Usyk is almost like an afterthought, other than the fact that he comes as the, the guy with the three other titles. And just to close off, I want to get an American's uh, perspective on Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. Of course, a massive, massive deal in the UK because of what the fathers went through in their two fights and, um, yeah, one of the best rivalries, if not the best, uh, that British boxing's had with the dads. You think that's the best British rivalry of all time? I think Frotch Groves was massive. Obviously, Fury Joshua, if that gets over the line, another one. But I think that was pure hatred um, between the, the two dads there. Well, listen, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, I remember watching their, their father's fight. Uh, not, it was before I was writing about boxing. I was, you know, uh, uh, in college at the time that those fights were taking place. Uh, and to my recollection, the first fight was not televised in the United States. The second fight was televised on Showtime. So I definitely watched the second fight when it happened. The first fight, I think I, years later, went back and finally was able to watch it. Uh, but their sons have made their own names in different ways in boxing. And look, when you have that name... And their fathers had that rivalry, which is still fresh in the minds of a lot of people because it's not that long ago. Yes, it's in the 90s, but you're still within, you know, somebody that may have watched it as a, as a, as a younger person then. Now they're maybe in their, you know, 40s or 50s or 60s. They still remember it. They maybe spoke about it with their, their kids who were also boxing fans. So it still has relevance to the British sporting public. And now their sons uh, really, in a way, couldn't avoid it. I, I kind of thought it would happen at some point. I'm a little surprised, to be frank, that it's happening this quickly because Connor is still on the upswing. He still has a lot that he can learn and, and accomplish in his own weight class. And Eubank, even though he's not an old shot fighter, he's, he's uh, you know, probably in his prime. But I didn't think that he would be willing to give that, give that kind of uh, that amount of weight up and also that Connor would necessarily take it at this stage of his career because it's really a seasoned pro against, I won't call Connor a novice, but the... 
the, the experience level is not even in the same ballpark. So I, I respect uh, Eubank for the willingness to say, you know what, I, this is a big enough fight where I'll, I'll take the hit and I'll lose the weight. And I give Connor the credit for having the, you know, the, 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 the heart, if you will, to, to take on a challenge of that type of opponent at a bigger weight, knowing, by the way, that the loser, you know, I won't say this, but there will be those because they're jerks, basically, who will say they disgraced the family name or something stupid like that. But, uh, and that's unfortunate because they're their father's sons, but this fight's not about their fathers. This fight's about these two men doing battle with each other. Okay, that wraps Sports Social Podcast Network.